Welcome, everybody, back to another exciting show, the About That Water podcast. Today's guest is has been seen on the Travel and Leisure magazine. This is actually how I came across this article of getting more, I mean, really seeing the importance of having Black travel agents. Um, and my guest today is Stephen Scott, who is the owner and CEO of Travel Hub 365. How are you doing today, Stephen? I'm doing good. Thank you so much for having me. No problem. So um, the main reason why I really wanted you on the show is because the article actually spoke, well, spoke, spoke really well to me because it shed some light that there aren't many Black travel agents. And every time I looked at a travel agent, it always been like a middle-aged white woman, to be honest. Um, and I noticed that a lot of women are inside the travel agency space. So can you speak to us a little bit more of like how you got started and what is the company is about? Sure. Uh, so the, the company that I operate is steadily growing. Obviously, we've had a bump in the road here in the last year, but uh, the last almost six years, we've been growing very steadily and quickly uh, to you know, grow our clients. And we've got a mixture of corporate accounts, uh, law offices in DC. We've got a sports team. We actually handle all the travel for the Columbus Blue Jackets. Um, we've got uh, groups that we've sent out, weddings, uh, leisure travel. We've got a whole swath of the types of accounts. But all of that is happening because my background in travel uh, has spans both corporate and leisure. So I started out in uh, United Airlines in Chicago here at the headquarters uh, back in 2004. I spent four and a half years there. Um, I then uh, transitioned over to working for Royal Caribbean for five years. Uh, the first couple of years I was in the Miami office uh, dealing with the consumer sales. And then the last three years I was in New York City supporting all the travel agents out there to help them grow their business. So in that process of that last, those last three years, mm -hmm. I would uh, in Manhattan, Brooklyn, Bronx, and Staten Island, supporting all of these travel agents. And so uh, what you'll find in doing that role is that sometimes you're at the small mom and pop, you might be at a kitchen table with one agent trying to work in a large group, or you're in front of 150 people giving a presentation about your brand and uh, with the larger luxury agencies. Uh, in that span of that process, you start to say to yourself, okay, I am, I am helping so many people to grow their business and to do the right thing or to adjust their marketing or adjust their sales or their conversation with their customer. Eventually, I said, you know what? I can do this myself. And um, yes, in that span of time, you have a very clear understanding of the demographics of the industry. And I found that if I took this step, I was going to bring in a, a, a capability and, and the skill set and an understanding of, of our background of, of African Americans and uh, uh, a different perspective on the marketing and, and, and who should be seen on the advertisements and and what do we want to market and, and how do we want to go to market? All of those things start to come together, and um, I think we have been really able to capitalize on that uh, and do things differently because of who we are. So, but what got you into traveling in the first place? Yeah, it, it was actually uh, my parents. So um, my mom had an agency when I was in middle school. And so she started um, with Carlson Wagonly Travel uh, doing, uh, you know, she had flashcards there. She, I'd be a little kid laying on the bed with my mom 
Uh, and I would help her go through the flashcards of the different airport codes. So I'd say, oh, no, mom, that, that's such and such. Or she, she'd go through a bunch of, a bunch of them and I'd say, correct, correct, correct. So at, at the age of 11 and 12, I knew airport codes for probably 150 cities around the world. Wow. Yeah, wow. so um, that was great. And so she took her business from the basement with just curtains up. And she took that all the way up to a front, uh, front store. And she did that for seven and a half years. And so um, she, I just got to see her grow that business and blossom it until she transitioned over to do something else. But uh, it was a dream of mine to then take that on. And so a lot of our branding and our, our marketing is, is pulled from what they were doing, just updated and more tech and a little bit faster with how things are. <laughs> you got to make it a little bit more efficient, you know? Yeah, that's right. You know, we're doing a couple right. of things. I, know, I, was, I, was, <laughs> I hope my mom's not watching right now, but she's all involved with boosting me along. You know, you got to have a good family structure to have things like this work. Uh, but uh, they, they understand that, this is something we're, we're really starting to light a fire here with some of the great things we're doing. And uh, we're starting to get a little more buzz along the way. So is, uh, did you hire your mom now or is you kind of like working in tandem side by side? Uh, so I have just hired her. She just got her official email account the other day uh, nice. because it's becoming too much to handle. Mm. You could say. So uh, we're launching a brand new uh, booking engine. So we've got Odyssey is our new travel app that's coming out, mobile application for Google, iOS, and the website. And uh, that's been in development now for the last year during the, during the pandemic. So uh, we have been extraordinarily busy. And now that people want to travel again, I, we're getting those leads. So people are calling us again. I'm, I'm sitting here saying, hey, I'm trying to launch this website. And, and people are trying <laughs> call me for cruises i'm like wait a minute hold up i can't do it both so um so we've got uh there are now uh six team members actually helping us and um we are uh we are steady growing our travel advisory team as well awesome so when somebody think of a travel agent what are they actually like why should they go through a travel agent versus going through booking it them themselves yeah you know it's it really comes down to, to two core things the expertise of the person you're speaking with um, and the understanding of the destination or the hotel or the cruise experience that you might be having, uh, that can become very valuable, especially right now when travel is a lot harder than it used to be. In, in one year, things have been flipped on its head. So understanding um, you know, what health requirements are needed for a particular destination was something you would never think of before. You would just book your ticket and get ready for your trip and go. Um, now, travel agents, we're so focused on understanding the intricacies of this country needs this compared to that country, and we've already researched it, we've answered those questions, we know what people need to do, where they need to go, and we've got the experience from previous travelers that we've already set up and sent and come back, right? Um, so there's the expertise that people, you, you would like to have somebody to help you in all of this, because the last thing you want is to get to the airport and you find out that you should have taken a test three days earlier uh, or, or you don't meet the requirements because you didn't pay the visa fee for Anguilla, for example, before you took your trip. Um, so then that's the expertise level. And then secondarily, it's the connections. So I can personally tell you who the general manager is at the Jamaica Inn um, over in Mon outside of Ocho Rios, right? I can talk to you about uh, what they offer for, you know, tea later in the day um, but the nice. biggest thing would be 
uh, to that level of granularity is important. But then the biggest thing is if there's uh, something special you need, if you need, if you're taking that honeymoon, and you really want something special done. Expedia is not going to do that for you. But I can make a phone call into our contact at whatever hotel it is and say, hey, John, yeah, that was great. We had that water skiing event we did a couple of weeks ago. That was amazing. Uh, by the way, you know, I've got Andrew here and he's going to be taking a trip with his wife. Can you guys do something special? And the next thing you know, you guys arrive and, and flowers are on the bed and petals are running from the front door, front desk all the way to their room. The candles are lit. Things like that happen that are priceless. And that's, nice. that's when the travel advisor separates themselves from the online booking websites. Um, and it may not have cost you much more to have all of that wrapped up together and what you're, what it means to take your trip. So for those who are listening right now that actually want to get into becoming a travel advisor, like say they enjoy traveling, but now they want to branch out and actually start bringing their friends and family and a lot of people coming to them for their trips and how they're doing it. And they want to come through your company. Can you kind of walk us through what that actually looks like? Sure. Um, you know, there's, there's a couple different ways you can think of it. There, there's part-timers and okay. full-timers, right? Uh, a part-timer, I, I, I consider someone a part-timer that says, I just want to do this on the side. I'm going to have a regular job during the day. And I'm just going to kind of book a trip here and there for some friends and family. Uh, the the, the part-timer, there are avenues for them to be able to kind of sign up and be a travel agent, listed as a travel agent and, and book some things here and there. Um, but then there's the full-time agent. That is somebody who is literally all in and they are going to uh, build a book of business, build a clientele, come up with a brand, uh, market that brand consistently on social media and start driving people to their websites. Um, but then that other major piece of that full-timer is they have the time to educate themselves. And education and participation are the two biggest factors that are going to really separate a part-timer from a full-timer. So I don't consider part-timers to be in the same area of what we do. So someone has to really talk to themselves and say, what am I trying to get out of this? And so that full-timer is someone who would then speak with us. That full-timer uh, really wants their entire, they want their head in it. They're going to understand that this is going to be an endeavor it's going to be exciting, it's going to be challenging, and it's going to be something that they're going to put their all into. Because the best customers come from the people that understand that you have it all in. And therefore, when you come to me for your trip, you know this guy, he's on, his, he's on the ball, right? He knows his stuff, he's pushing everything he can as far as trying to understand the ins and outs of that destination, or he's, he's not only taking fam trips, but he's posting about it. He's creating videos, uh, or she is doing what she needs to do. Um, so how people would get involved with us from that full-time standpoint, uh, they can visit our website. We've got a, a wonderful forum there to, to reach out to us. So it's travelhub365.com slash apply. And I am always willing to talk to people and find out what their goals are, what their needs are, and, and, and really go from there. Um, but we definitely, we pull in, we pull in champions. And, and I'm excited about those people that want to make that move. 
So with the pandemic, and a lot of people are looking for that remote uh, feel to it, what is the typical pay? Is there like a, are they paid on commission or is it kind of like a base salary? How does that work? Sure. How do they uh, get paid really? Yeah, uh, so uh, the, the average travel advisor is getting paid on commissions. So those commissions are coming from uh, the hotels that you book, the rental cars, uh, many times air as well. Um, so those trips, uh, here's the tough part. You get paid on commission, but the commission is not paid out by the supplier until the trip is taken. So that's big, big part about jumping into this full time is that you could get in, start making 15 to 20 bookings and you're rocking it but you may not get paid until they travel. So if, if all of your customers are traveling sometime next year, you're going to go a year without getting paid, right? So that can be problematic. But as you build up that book of business and you've already been pushing ahead and you've already been making those reservations and people are taking those trips, think of it on the flip side. You are actually making, causing yourself to have solidity for a longer period of time. So when there's the downturn, you go three, four, five months into that downturn before you actually stop making money, right? So there's um, th th there's a, a positive and negative to everything, but we uh, encourage uh, people to charge planning fees so that they're not they're not working for free. Um, and uh, I have all kinds of different ways that we can help people to support themselves in that interim time period between those bookings and commissions. Um, and so what, what I mean by planning fees is and working for free is you could have uh, first thing that's going to happen. You're going to have friends and family call you. Hey, oh, you're booking trips now. Let's let's hey, I got to go to Jamaica. And so then they're going to have you look up a whole bunch of stuff. And you're excited. You're pumped. You're ready to go. You're like, okay, I'm going to do this. I'm going to make this happen. I'm, I'm excited. I got a customer. They're going to have you look up all this stuff and then you're not going to hear from them again. Mm. How so, often that happens. <laughs> yeah, right. So um, even they could be your friend from high school. They could be a friend from college, a coworker. Uh, they, they will not hesitate to do that to you. Um, and, and they won't think much of it. They might not think it's hurting you. They're just thankful you helped them, but you're looking around saying, hey, I got to get paid for this, you know? So uh, my recommendation always is to encourage people to uh, value their time, value the importance of the knowledge that they gain and value all those things we talked about before, which is the skill set you have and the experience you have. And so um, there, there should be a cost to that. And so um, that protects you and protects the, the consumer as well. Cause the consumer, the consumer will say, you know what? I did pay her for her time. So if I go somewhere else, I am thankful for her time and I paid her for her time. So there are ways to make money in between. And for those who just want to go part-time, just to kind of fill it out before they go full-time, I take it you only doing full-time only or are you doing part-time as well? So uh, the, the part-timers, the best route for them to go is with a larger travel agency that has you know resources galore, they're not so focused on the individual, they're focused on the group. And mm. so uh, an agency that has 150 advisors or 500 advisors, they can be able to kind of bring in people who are kind of here and kind of there and, and doing things to grow. Um, a smaller agency like us who we're very much engaged in every client trip, every experience of 
of where they're going, what they're doing, but also of every advisor. I, I want everybody attached to us to be focused and driving in the same direction, which is, is green and go and up, right? So um, I, I don't uh, focus my energies on uh, part-timers. And I don't want to say that in a bad way. Uh, I mean, you know your boundaries. It's all right. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I'm going to do everything. When I encounter them, if they call me, I'm going to do everything I can to help them to, to make the right decision and use my contacts to get them placed in the best possible place for them. Um, but those full-timers, you want to come in, you want to rock it. Hey, I'm the guy to talk to. All right. So when it comes to the, the Black travel advisors, especially, mm -hmm. um, what is the importance uh, that you think it will bring to have more Black advisors in the travel agency? Sure. Uh, so we are underrepresented by, by far. And so I'm a rarity. Uh, if, if, you were, uh, if you were in our conversations in New York a few years ago, one of the, the greatest things they always talk about was that, you know, uh, guys like me were unicorns. So if you were Black and in the travel industry, you are a unicorn and you get even more rare. You have an even more rare name when you are black and straight in the travel industry. It gets even more rare and wow. you can count it on your hand at that stage. And so there's, there's a situation whereas it's not simply about the uh, middle-aged white woman. The age group of those white women are actually much higher there's, there are travel agents in their 80s right now. And so this has been going on for a very, very long time. They've monopolized the, the, the career or the job area, uh, which has caused disruptions throughout the industry. So uh, if every travel, so if you're a hotel brand and every travel agent you go to is middle-aged white or above, then sending in a black guy as your, ho as your hotel rep Sometimes they don't do that. They don't want to do that. So they don't even hire that guy. They hire a middle-aged white person to go in there to all of these middle-aged white agencies, right? So the problem is, is that African-Americans spend over $100 billion in the travel industry, but yet we are a minuscule amount of the representation of those agencies. So the reasons on why we need to be better represented and better hired within there is because the money is being spent by us. Mm. But when it's about the planning and understanding exactly the intricacies of why an African-American person would want to go to Africa, it's not simply about going to a safari. Right. right. Other parts of Africa that we can go to, or <laughs> to, go to right? Or uh, going to the Caribbean. Uh, Jamaica. I talk about Jamaica a lot. Why? Because that's the only place I get called about all the time from the African-Americans that contact me. And wow. I start to think back, why is that? You start to look back at the marketing and advertising that's coming from different suppliers. They think we all just want to go to Jamaica. And there's Morocco, there's Paris, there's London, there's all kinds of destinations. There's China and uh, Dubai. Uh, there's so many other destinations for us to go to, but that chain reaction going from a large amount of uh, uh, Caucasians working in the industry transitions back into the supplier on who they hire. And then that transitions also to the marketing of what they showcase. So 
there's a reason they don't show us in advertisements in amazing luxury destinations because it's a system that kind of filters through to who they feel they've got to uh, support and who they feel they've got to please. But on the other end, we're spending a hundred and billion dollars worth of money. That's so, uh, yeah. So the more we can bring in more of us into the travel agent side, the more things will start to change going backwards. And so one of the things we're doing with Odyssey is that you've got Airbnb, you've got Expedia, you've got Hotel Tonight, Odyssey is going to be right in there with it. But the difference is when you see Odyssey marketing, you're going to see a diverse, more inclusive branding and marketing from the top down. So when you see commercials on TV, when we launch in two months, when you see advertising on social media or in, in magazines or billboards, it's going to be diverse, mm-hmm. not just because we're forcing it, it's because that's who we are. Travel is diverse, we are diverse, we spend luxury, we don't, we're not just looking for the discount and there's so much that we can showcase. So the industry is going to be a little shook when they start to see these Odyssey advertisements with black people in it, yeah. black people in Dubai, black people in uh, luxury destinations around the world. That is how we're going to ourselves change the industry in addition to bringing in some of the best black travel advisor talent out there. That's a lot to unpack because having that experience and you normally typically see even on the beer commercials you'll see them on the beach the corona usually corona's on it it's not advertised by corona by the way if they are advertised uh corona just hit me up a little later (laughs) but when corona just sitting there on the beach and you just got usually it's uh usually a white couple or family just hanging around and you don't see either the black person might be serving or refilling something. And I'm like, haven't we gone beyond this yet? You know, it's like, can we get some more diversification in these commercials? Yeah. So is there any calling to action that um, you would like to see or something that us as consumers uh, could do to kind of help change that narrative? Sure. Uh, Well, the first thing I'd recommend is, is more inclusive of what we're doing is that if you follow our social media, which is Odyssey Travel app, the at Odyssey Travel app, that promoting what we're doing outward will showcase in our own way, really push out the message of diversity within advertising and marketing. And our success is going to then branch off and force those other brands to start to do when they start losing uh, uh, they're black travelers and losing some of those hundreds of billions of dollars and they're going to this other brand over here that's looking out for them that's going to start to change them but in addition we do have to start working from the education level we need the colleges and the hbcus to truly start to contact people like me and contact people like uh, the, the black travel advisory board that i'm on with north star group to to find out how do we create a pipeline from younger ages into the travel industry so that people understand when they're doing, when they're doing their accounting degree, when they're uh, doing their tech degree, knowing that it's not simply about getting hired by Microsoft. You can also become 
something that you get hired with a Royal Caribbean as a, you know, PHP admin or as an accountant or a, a legal counselor. Those things are all within the travel industry right now. But if from a college level, you don't know that or you don't think about it or you don't see anybody like you in the travel mm -hmm. industry, then things will never change. So I would recommend that if you're uh, listening to this podcast and you're affiliated with an HBCU or you've got connections, get them in contact with me or uh, I'll you know, reach, reach out however you can find me and I'll help you create those pipelines with the different organizations I'm with so that we can begin at a younger age to start driving the best talent of an African-American uh, uh, group into the travel industry. You're listening to the About That Wallet podcast. We'll be right back after these messages. If you are enjoying this episode or finding anything useful, please consider leaving a review on iTunes, Spotify, or anywhere on the internet. It is one of the best ways you can help new listeners find me, such as yourself. You can always support this podcast by going to patreon.com forward slash about that wallet or anchor.fm forward slash about that wallet. I've, I've had challenges, not directly like that, but I've, I've had absolutely had challenges and, and I'm encountering things now that I did not, uh, I did not expect, uh, but I kind of knew would happen in ways. So uh, to, to give you, I'll give you two examples, one before and one now. Uh, so before, uh, when I would go to major shows, major travel shows, uh, I, people would always ask me right when I started to be a travel advisor, people would always ask me, oh, oh, you're, you know, which hotel do you work for? I'd be in a big, massive room full of travel agents and hoteliers and cruise lines. And you're looking around like there's not too many of us in this room right now, even though this is a luxury travel conference. And we spend hundreds of billions of dollars as black people for all of these different brands out here. And it's a luxury conference, but all of these people in this room are white. So people would say to me, oh, you know, you, which hotel do you work for? They wouldn't assume that I was a business owner, that I was an entrepreneur, that I had a team of people working for me, that I was luxury focused and I owned my company. Mm -hmm. that, was, that was just too much for them to think about. So the idea was, oh, he must be working for Marriott. You know, he's, he wow. just assumed that, right? So um, I, I have ways of putting people in their place very quickly especially when you start to talk to somebody, you find out they don't own their agency. They are um, a, a travel agent that, you know, hey, they are, they are, you know, trotting along and, you know, part-timer. All of those starts, you start to figure out ways to get to people and you say, no, yeah. no, I, I own my business and we're building a mobile application right now that's going to rival hotel tonight. There's ways to get back at people. But that, that is, that, that is what happened previously, and it still happens a little bit now, but what's happening for me right now is that as we transition into this premium tech travel company, uh, I'm starting to learn so much more about the uh, investment process and who gets investment. Mm. Boy, I tell you, you're black and you're trying to get investment funding right now for your, your app or mobile or website, whatever you're trying to do, it is minuscule compared to if I were a white male 
building this app and website right now with the support structure that we've got in place from being in the Amadeus startup program and their consultants working through all of this and what we're building, I'd have, I'd have $10 million to play with right now. Wow. They, they wouldn't, they wouldn't, it wouldn't be a question, but we're in the single digits in the percentage of the amount of VC money that is going towards black founders right now. And so the uphill battle we have to launch this and grow it is going to continue to be there. So I'm going to have to rely on the revenues of this to consider to, to, to push this forward, as opposed to if I had just come out of some Ivy League school and someone said, hey, I like your idea, you put nothing together for it, and I'm going to hand you $10 million to hire all your people and your consultants, right? Right. I don't have that option. So I am fighting tooth and nail to do everything to make this work and make this happen. And I am um, probably more excited than anybody else because I know where we came from to get to this stage right here to think that I'm two months from launching something in the market that will disrupt the market in ways not seen before because none of them cared about the diversity of the market, diversity of marketing um, or focused on luxury travel. None of them cared. And so I care and I'm going to push it forward. There you go. That's, that's the best way to have it. Because I think that's the reason why Greenwood, I'm not sure if you've been watching Killer Mike, and that's the reason why he sought out the FinTech was to try to give more money into venture capital or the VC money for upcoming uh, products, right? especially in the Black community, uh, since we always are underrepresented in so many ways. Um, and it, sometimes it, you look at certain things and you're like, but I'm only one person. I can't be in all these other avenues because I want to focus and hide um, in this one area and make sure that you do your best. Mm-hmm. Um, because you're telling me about this house, like, man, it would be nice if I could help them out in some way to kind of help you build an app. But I was like, I got the podcast. I got, you know, other things. I, I just, I just can't spread myself out to help out. But this is through this platform, I hope and that, more people can actually see your passion and really help push this uh, to the next level for you. So I, I do leave that for the listeners is to try to uh, reach out, um, even if they got to shoot your email, just to kind of make sure that say, hey, you know, I appreciate for what you're doing. Um, I think that would definitely go a long way for you, if you don't mind. Yes, thank you so much. I'd love to hear from your your uh, listeners, and, uh, and you know, I'll do everything I can to, to be available and, and uh, continue to be hopefully a shining light for the industry, but then all of us as well. Um, one thing people can uh, do for me, uh, there is uh, our pre-launch website is there for signups. So we're going to be very similar. Uh, as we get closer, we're going to be very similar to uh, other uh, I don't want to mention them because it's not with you, but other newly launched podcast uh, systems out there. So we're going to be invite only uh, once we get closer. Uh, so Clubhouse, I'm sure you're right. on there. Right? <laughs> um, right, yeah, hey, we got to get you on there. All right. Uh, but uh, we're going to get closer to that model as we get right at the launch period. But for right now, people can go to odysseytravelapp.com. And it's a simple, uh, you know, just drop your email in there and we'll keep updating you on the great things that we're doing with the app as we get closer. So odysseytravelapp.com. The more signups I can get before we launch is, is the 
best thing for us because it shows our investors and potential investors that there's a demand for what we're launching. And when we launch, we'll get those downloads right away. So that can help. Sounds awesome. All right. So um, before we get to the features, um, just want to go through some of the strategies uh, as we try to talk about cash flow, because you as a travel agent, obviously you can travel for free or at least heavily discounted. Um, but what are their ways or perks of being a travel agent? Yeah. Um, you know, what, what ends up happening is that uh, there, there is this idea that we do travel for free, um, but there's always that catch, right? So um, you'll have a hotelier call you up and say, hey, you know what, we've just remodeled an entire wing of our hotel um, and we'd love for you to come see it. And so that is there, you know, yes, you might not have to pay for that room, but then you still got to pay for your flights and your rental mm -hmm. car there or, or whatever you need to get there, the taxi, the cab, uh, you got to take time off work to do that traveling. So then that's less money you're making. There's a, there's a lot involved with it. And there, there are some folks that come into the industry thinking they're just going to be flying all over the place, but you got to work at some point. Um, so yes, I have uh, been around the world. I, I have, uh, I have uh, done dune buggies through the deserts in Morocco over by Ezawira. I've um, been to the top of the world, Burj Khalifa in Dubai, and um, seen waterfalls in South America, and uh, partied at the top of, you know, um, in Miami and Bogota and Cartagena. There's been so many amazing destinations that I've been to that, yes, I did not have to pay for it. So nice. that is, that is, that is great. Um, but you know the the thing that really helps you the most is you're you're having great conversations and working through planning things with people that it's going to be the best time of their lives, and so you 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 get to work towards a goal with people, and then they go they take that trip and they come back and they talk to you about how great it was. To be a part of that process is is something that you just don't get in every job. You, you know, you, you're not just pushing papers, you're not just crunching numbers, you're, you're not backbreaking work, but you're, you're connecting with people before they do something, you're building something. And then when they come back, they show to you the excitement of, of what we did together. So really, you can travel the world, you can do a lot of things, but the experiences and the, and the, and the love you get from people from helping them to do something they've always dreamt of doing is that's the win right there. If you ask me. Awesome. All right. So let's go on and dive into the third segment of the show. So where do you see yourself um, in the business in five years? Uh, yeah. In, in about five years, I'd say we're going to be probably around 25 to 50 advisors working under our host program. And uh, I think that'll be a, a a, a strong, steady stream of um, positivity we're bringing out there into the world that'll put us into a, a nice realm of uh, getting higher commissions, higher rates, higher things for those advisors that are signing on to us. So they'll continue to make more money. Um, and then just growing our operation. There, there aren't too many black agencies out there. So you, you, we talked before about black travel advisors. Well then, okay, how many are fully owned black agencies there's not a lot of those, but each one, they're amazing at what they do. And so now I, I would like to get us up into that realm of the strength of having that many advisors that are diverse so that when we enter the room, we enter the room with strength and we enter the room with confidence and knowing that 
what we are doing is changing everybody else in that room. And so um, in five years, I think our business will be strong on that side. And then additionally, no one knew who Hotel Tonight was in five years, five years ago. No one knew Airbnb 10 years ago. And so with the launch of Odyssey here in the next two months, in five years, I think will be that new brand that came out. And you guys are going to say, wow, I even know who those guys were. Right, right. Yet what we will have done will made travel a little simpler, a little, little easier. And um, it'll be from our perspective for once. There, there are no African-American travel tech companies out there that you can point to and say that, that the owner is black. Can you tell the owner is black, right? So that's where we'll be hopefully showcasing that we can do it, we can be successful and uh, I won't have to necessarily worry about asking for money. It'll, it'll, they'll, they'll come to me and say, this is, this, is the, this is the path forward. And I wish I would have answered his call before. Awesome. Well, I'm glad you answered this call. So <laughs> you're great. Thanks. You're great. Um, all right. So I do have a couple of questions here from the listeners. But before we get to the listeners, is there anything that you want to share uh, with the audience that we haven't covered so far? Uh, well, I, I definitely, no matter what type of business you do, especially in travel, though, but whatever type of business you want to start, whatever you want to do, um, build your following up before you launch it. So that's what we're doing right now. We're, we're not just waiting until it's done and we're launching. We've got a pre-launch website and pre-launch social media. So we're building a following of people and continuing to keep them updated as we get closer and closer and that there are exciting things happening along the way so that they are extremely excited right at the time of launch. So there's this thing that goes around a lot. People say, oh, don't tell nobody what you're doing before you do it, right? I, I, I don't believe in that. I believe you need to get these people together mm-hmm. and moving in the same direction so that when you tell them it's time to buy it, they are ready to go. So uh, build a following, build a community around what you're trying to do before you do it so that they are ready to go. Awesome. Yeah, I just had a conversation with somebody like that on the phone recently because he's just recently started his business. And he was like, yeah, you know, I'm trying to move in solid. I'm like, why would you move in solace? You People need to know that you're moving so they can kind of support you and moving further than what you can do on your own. Okay. Yeah, that's crazy. It's just something going around social media right now. And when I read it, I, I'm yeah. like, you know what? I understand the, the, the idea. The idea is that you're going to have naysayers. You're going to have people not looking out for your best interest, or you might owe somebody money and they see you doing something, they want the money, right? This, that's, that, that's a mindset of you're thinking about others, the, the interests of other people rather than the interests of what you're trying to do. Mm-hmm. And as much as you're, you want to look out for people and all that stuff, you have to focus on your goal. If you're going to do it, you need to do it. And as you do it, you have to have the confidence that, you know what, we're going to make this happen. So I want you to know about it right now, because I'm going to make this happen. And when it happens, you don't have to worry about naysayers. You're going to worry about the people that came along for that journey and made it happen. So. Yeah. Um, sorry to keep going with this one, because this, this is a sensitive topic to me, because you always hear about it. But the lawyers would always say, well, you need to protect yourself while you're saying it. 
But I found out that a lot of people have too much on their plate that they don't want to drop it. You can tell them the most important thing in their life that could ever happen. And like, hey, you know, we're going to have hover boots coming around soon, sometime soon. I don't know. Somebody coming up with something cool. And then you were like, all right, cool. That sounds great. But that person would never take that next step, which is action. And so you can talk all day, but if that person ain't taking action, they never did it. And so like you, you putting this platform out there, I, I appreciate what you're doing. Um, I can't wait to see um, how the app goes. I'll definitely will be signing up to get on that mailing list. Thank you. So you're welcome. All right. So the questions from the listeners, the first one comes from Della. She says, um, well, she asked, if a customer has hotel points or airline miles, can the travel agent use those miles slash points as currency to help them to get, um, negotiate a great deal for the customer? Uh, I, that, that, would, that, that is not something we're able to do unless you have uh, a relationship built with the advisor that they say, look, I'll do that for you as well. Um, there's, not, there's not a mechanism in place for a travel agent to get paid off of points used by the consumer. So it's not that we don't want to do it for you. There's just no, there's no transition between, the, Marriott's not gonna pay me anything for you to use your points. And so uh, that, that's, that's the problem. It's not us, we'd love to help you. Uh, so most of the time we're gonna tell you, okay, if you're gonna use your airline miles, then let's help you determine which flight is gonna be the best. You're gonna have to go make that booking, but let me help you out with the hotel side and the cruise and the rental car. As long as you come to that advisor and you say, uh, Stephen, let's uh, put together a package of things, but I'm gonna use my airline miles. Everyone can come to an understanding in the beginning. Awesome. The next one comes from Richard. He says, what do you think travel will look like moving forward? I think uh, right now it's going to feel tough for those people that are not reaching out to get help from advisors, for example, it's gonna it's gonna be it's gonna feel like there's a, a three or four barriers in place, um, but those barriers are actually not as bad as it seems. So when the um, when the United States a couple of weeks ago asked us to get uh, negative have a negative test of of Corona prior to arrival into the U.S., everyone freaked out. And they said, where am I supposed to get it? How am I supposed to get one? What if I test positive? All these things happen. But what you ended up finding out was within a week, almost every major hotel brand ended up uh, changing their policies or making it easier for us to get those tests right in the lobby or right in our hotel. And so to think you're just going to go over and take a five-minute swab and, and you go back to your vacation, that's not painful. But it was seen as something that was going to take hours or days out of your vacation. But that's not what's happening right now. So I think uh, in the short term, there are going to be these barriers in place, but as you'll see with Las Vegas, for example, they mm -hmm. already have a plan in place. Over the next month and a half, they're gonna start removing restrictions. There's three phases of restrictions being removed. So other countries are doing the same thing. They're looking forward, they're saying at the pace of vaccinations right now, or at the pace of reduction in Corona, they know that by a certain date, they'll either be well, taken care of or in a better position. So what's happening right now is gonna be very different than what's gonna be happening 
in the next six months. And I think within a year, we'll be back to normal. Awesome. You, you're very optimistic. I yeah, was thinking hey. about like two years. <laughs> oh, yeah. Well, okay. So in two years, then I'll feel better. because right. Those bookings <laughs> will be coming in. But the consumer, I mean, you know, we, we've got to wait for the cruise lines to get back online and they're having some trouble. But I think those first sailings will happen late summer uh, and, and, and fall. Um, the destinations will start opening back up. The UK is going to open up within the next two months. Um, you, you're going to have most of the Caribbean's already open right now. Uh, you got Mexico open, Canada, you know, they'll probably open up same time as the UK. Things are going to happen and we're all going to blink and we're going to say, oh, wow, hey, I can, I can go there without taking a test. Are you kidding me? That's right. what's going to happen. Got it. Uh, the last question from the last listener is Eric. And he says, how, how do you utilize social media to drive traffic to your business in the best ways so most of us, there's a stipulation that we don't like to swim. So <laughs> is there, for the people that don't like to travel, um, how would you like to reach out to them to try to get them to even do local travel uh, with you? So say if they just want to do a road trip um, and understand that your brand is more luxury, but how can we actually, uh, how does your team handle, like try to attack those type of people or it's not really geared towards that? Yeah, yeah. You know, uh, well, uh, the great thing about our team is our focus on marketing is on the premium and luxury experience. And so what that does for us, it attracts a larger percentage of those customers towards us, but it doesn't mean those are our only customers. Mm -hmm. So it's not like we're, uh, uh, we're Gucci and Prada, whereas we attract the luxury customer, but the discount customer can't buy it, right? We're different, whereas we'll attract the 70% of those people in that we market for, but everybody else, we're still able to provide them with incredible services. So um, going from destination to destination, whether it's rental car or you're backpacking or whatever, all of that still needs planning, that needs support. And if you're working a nine to five, well, nine to seven, many of us, yeah. <laughs> working a nine to five, you don't have time for all of that, but you know, you're going to go, you know, you're going to go in September and it's going to be a great trip. And you know, you're going to bring a couple of friends, but you don't have the time to manage uh, what her needs are and what his needs are and what those needs are. And then what's the pricing and it keeps changing and all of those different things start happening. What, working with us, you'll have one single point of contact. Therefore that one person is the only person you speak with to, and you have your cousin speak with that person, your sister speak with that person, the other traveler speak with that person. They don't have to call you every five minutes. And right. then in addition, that single point of contact, that travel advisor, they're the ones talking to the seven different entities that need to pull together for that trip. So it's not always about the price. It's about the support that you can gain by having an expert pull things together for you. The best ways to, I guess, draw traffic. Sure. Um, so, so we've got a pretty strong following on social media as, as far as, you know, in comparison to other travel advisory sites. And so uh, we use a tool called Zoho. So Zoho Social is what we use to manage all of our accounts across everything from our website to our Twitter, Instagram, everything. And one important part about that 
is that it allows uh, you, it actually shows you the performance of your tweaks over time. And that is incredibly important. You want to know what's working and what's not working. And so using Zoho Social, I have all of my accounts logged in there. I can post to multiple accounts at once. I can also post to certain accounts halfway through, or like uh, I, I can say, okay, this post right here is better for Twitter and Facebook, or this is better for Instagram because of the content. So the two biggest things I want someone to understand is the content is important. It's incredibly important. If you're posting fuzzy photos or other people's photos instead of your own, and um, you're not posting consistently, it's not going to grab the algorithm like you want it to. You want that algorithm to always kind of, kind of turn around and be like, there he is, there she is, uh, here she is again, right? You want you want that algorithm to feel you and know that you're there so that people keep seeing your content, but you also want to use a tool like Zoho Social or, or other management tools to be able to see over time how things are performing because if you're doing something wrong, you've got to change it. And you won't know if you're doing something wrong unless you see it and you, you kind of analyze and say, okay, over the last month and a half, my numbers are starting to drop. What am I doing wrong? And you look back at those posts, you say, you know what? I kept forgetting to put my website on my posts. Therefore, people aren't clicking anything on my page. They're not going to my website. And when there's nothing to click, the engagement starts to drop. And so you need a, a good tool that you can use as cost-effective. That's the one I recommend. And that'll help you to, over time, understand what you're doing right, what you're doing wrong, and then drive more people to your website and social media by including those links. Don't be afraid to include a link to something important about you or what you're doing. Uh, and, and lastly, I'm sorry, don't always link to someone else. So that's something people do wrong in the travel industry so much. They'll say, oh, you know, the, 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 the Sandals Grand St. Lucian is an amazing hotel. I love it. You guys should book it. And then they put a www.sandals.com link at the bottom. So what do people do? They're like, great, let me click the link. And they go over there and they book their trip over there. Right. You need to have your own site set up, your own landing page for that particular post so that people click it and they go to Stephanie's Travel and they see it and they contact you. That's how you drive people to yourself. Don't drive them to someone else. If you want to drive them to me, I'd love it. Right. But <laughs> don't drive your social media, uh, don't drive what you do to somebody else. Figure out a way to drive it to yourself. Perfect. All right. So you ready for the four number four questions? Yeah. All righty. So number one, what does wealth mean to you? Yeah, uh, you know, wealth means uh, you are consistently growing multiple nest eggs, multiple streams of income. I don't consider consider somebody wealthy uh, just because they're rich and they got one stream of income, like they've got a really good job and they're making a lot of money. Yes, you could, you could be considered to be wealthy, but somebody who is really managing wealth, they have multiple streams of income. And it's not just about that one job that that one boss can fire you from today and you're done. It means you're making money off of stocks. You're making money off of different businesses that you've invested in, uh, different people you've invested in. You're growing something that is multi in nature, not just singular in nature. What is your favorite financial book or non-financial book? Uh, actually, it's uh, it's it's more related to marketing. 
Um, there's there's a, a great marketing book I uh, look at called Crushing It by Gary V, Gary Vaynerchuk. And so uh, what that means for me is his focus on driving more customers and driving more revenues is 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 that to me is helping me to grow the financial side of what I'm doing. And so uh, I don't focus myself on financial books, but I focus myself on ways that I can create opportunities to grow revenue. What did you learn from your worst job? I learned a lot. Um, I, 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 my, my worst job, I learned that there are going to be people that are going to be your friend and they will be the first ones that are stabbing you in the back. Um, so uh, it's unfortunate. It's not a positive thing to think about, but um, that uh, probably your first day on the job, whoever walks up to you first, that's, that's the boss's best friend and you don't know it. And so um, I, I learned so much about, you know, just uh, who, who, who am I talking to, understanding that I can't tell everybody everything. I, I'm this young guy in the office and yeah, you know, they're my friend. I'm, this is great. You know, I can tell them anything. Uh, they won't tell on me that I'm two minutes late every day. Mm. Yes, they are. They definitely are telling on you. Uh, so uh, I, I learned those things early on, thankfully, that helped me later on, but I still continue to make mistakes along the way. I'm not perfect. I I've got issues, but uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I'm, that optimism in me uh, got me in a lot of trouble before. And well, I, I did interview a psychologist if you ever need one. So okay, thank, <laughs> you, thank you very much. Thank you. Hey, I don't, I don't, uh, I don't, uh, I don't uh, look down on folks that that need psychologists and and, and work towards it. You know who? Um, I keep forgetting his name. He was. I just saw uh, um, Judas and the Black Messiah. I need to watch that. Yeah, I just watched it, so it was, it was great, but uh, I keep forgetting his name. Is it Keith Washington? I, the, 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 he was, he, he's been in a bunch of different shows, but he's, he's needed therapy since coming out of doing that movie because he, you know, just being in that role and but being in that environment was, was strong on him. And so other, other folks that have seen that movie will understand, you know, we can, we can be actors all day, but sometimes being an actor and being in that role and you see everybody screaming at you like that, that, that can be very messed up on you. <laughs> so I wish them the best. Awesome. And the last question, which is one of my favorite questions, what is your favorite pastry? Yeah. Oh, my fa favorite pastry is definitely an apple Danish. That, that is, you give me a, a couple of apple Danishes and it's on, you know, right. <laughs> You know, when you mention that, that's the problem with the pandemic. <laughs> okay, I have put on pandemic pounds, so right. uh, I donated the kidney to my dad in September of last year, and so I'm I'm so thankful I was able to do it. He is doing great. I'm doing awesome. good. Uh, only problem is he's feeling great, not in gain 15 pounds. So <laughs> you you can't come off of a kidney donation where they tell you just lay around for three months. And then you, you you can't go anywhere after that. Just laying around has taken six months. So, right. hey, don't put an apple Danish in front of me right now. It's not the right time. <laughs> <laughs> like get the finest man a plane <laughs> with a treadmill at the end of it. <laughs> yeah, that's me. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, hey, I, I, can't, I can't wait to get back out there because if I can run through an airport with a suitcase right now, I can knock off a couple of these pounds. That's what we need to do. That's what we all need to do. Definitely. All right. So uh, we're down to the end of the show. Where can people find you all over the internet? 
Yeah, thank you. So we've got two sites. So if you're looking specifically for a travel advisor to help you with planning the trip, uh, then or your company to have all of your assistants supporting you uh, to book those trips, that'll be travelclub365.com. And then our new travel app that's coming out, we're really excited about that. We're taking pre-signups right now. That is odysseytravelapp.com. Thank you, sir. And again, his name is Stephen Scott. I want to thank you so much for coming on the show and thank you for your time. Absolutely. Um, it's been a pleasure. Um, definitely would like to have you back on the show next year once, you know, with your predictions that we're going to be flying again. So we'll see. Right. All right. Hold me to it. Hold me to it. All right. And um, everybody, I'm your host, Anthony, and you've been listening to the About That Wallet podcast. You can actually listen to us on all your lovely podcast platforms along with YouTube, finally. So thank you all. It's been a pleasure. Take care. Peace. Well, that concludes this episode of About That Wallet. I hope this topic was helpful. If you want to get the latest episodes, please subscribe to this podcast, wherever you're listening to it. Remember, it is your duty to know about that wallet. Take care. Be safe. I'm out. Peace. Peace.